The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. We can all remember the feeling in our stomachs at the thought of the approach of the Leaving Cert exam. But what are the methods for coping with the stress of these exams? And what are the methods of performance in the exam itself? Well, I'm joined by renowned maths teacher, author of the maths book series Less Stress, More Success, specialist in maths revision, that's Brendan Gilday, and consultant consultant clinical psychologist, lecturer and author of the new book Choose Well, the ABC Coping Sentence. Dr. Claire Hayes, good morning and welcome to you both. Good morning, Pat. All right, let's start with you, uh, Brendan. Um, It's the countdown. So what are you advising your students to do? Well, I think the first thing to say as a parent or a student, I think for parents to be aware that mostly they finished in school now. They're still 14 days to the maths exam. It's a long time now just for maths, but it's still 12 days to the start of the exam. And it's really important that they just keep ticking over just lightly, that they don't take the foot off the accelerator. And I think that's a big issue, say, with the whole thing with social media and all that sort of stuff. They're spending hours and hours on that. And I think that's a big thing as a parent or as a student to be very, very aware of that and to give yourself every chance so that would be a, a big one for me. Yeah. Now, the, the mathematics paper, which is what is your specialisation, it's in two parts. Do you have any advice on how to cope with that? Do you, I mean, do you get the stopwatch out? I, I, it's almost that clinical. They've 150 minutes on both papers. They have a section A and a section B, and they have an even amount of marks on both. So 65 minutes on section A, do it first. 65 minutes on section B, do it second. 10 minutes at the start to have a read like a contract solicitor of the questions and 10 minutes at the end to make sure you've, you know, dotted the I's and crossed the T's. It's amazing how many people don't read the question and answer the wrong question. Absolutely. And I think I know it's corny advice. And as a parent, you say it to your, you know, your wonderful children and you'll say, now I heard an expert saying read the question and they'll be saying, shut up, what do you know? But in actual fact, you couldn't give better advice than read the question. The other thing is, too, and I think this is for every every subject, have a time budget, have a plan well in advance and then stick to it in the exam, because it's really, really critical that you get around to all the pieces. Now, you say there's an A section and a B section in both in maths, papers. Yeah. 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 Um, do you do A first Absolutely. because it's A and B second? Or if you feel you're more comfortable with B, get off to a flying start and get B done. OK, well, well, Brendan says definitely do A first. A is the shorter questions, so I'd be absolutely inflexible on that. But um, doctors differ and patients die, as my own. OK, so you can actually fly through A because a, the a, questions you are have shorter. six questions, pick five short ones, and then you have to move then. Section B is the long one where they get four um, to... Yeah. Um, how, how much variety is there in the Leaving Cert papers? Because I know that you, you I accused you of gaming the system, you know, trying to predict <laughs> what will come up. Yeah. But I presume in a maths paper, nearly everything comes up. Well, um, nowadays, the, the course is so long, but they really do make a great effort. They try to have as many things as they can. One of the things, if you like, a COVID bonus has been that there's now a choice and until COVID, maths was the only place in the Leaving Cert where there was no choice. So now you have a choice. So you get into your section A and there's six questions, attempt five. So you have a little bit of wiggle room there, which is very, very good. It's really, really important. And also, just while I'm talking about that, just to say to you, I just thought of it. Um, people now, when they're off, this is panic stations for higher level maths people. Now you're on your own for two weeks 
and you're marginal. You're not sure if you're going to do honours the higher level or not. And the 25 CAO points in the bonus is in the background. So a lot of students, maybe two or three thousand students, according to Brendan, this is um, now over the next two or three weeks will give up honours maths. They've been following the course, but now they get down to it. They start to get nervous. What if I fail? The big problem is the 25 bonus points are huge. And they need that for the college yeah. place. So it's That's a, a real, tough real one. Kind of, it is. It and is. how different is the level between uh, the lower level and the higher level? Uh, and are they chalk and cheese? I mean, extreme, is it a different yeah. approach to mathematics at the lower level? Same approach, but extreme in the sense that really nowadays the ordinary level leaving cert is very, very basic. Um, Give us an example, if you can, of the difference. The kind of question might be thrown at you and in an equivalent area of mathematics, the difference that the higher level versus the lower. OK, that's, that's a really interesting one. I think in, if, if, if you were getting it, say, straight down to, let's say, a direct comparison, we just take, for instance, say, a shop bill. Yeah. In ordinary level, um, the question would be one item, hand in your 50 euros, get your change. In the higher level, it would be six or seven items. You'd have to work out how much they cost, then add on a VAT element and then make the change. So there's, okay. there's a very, very big difference between the two levels at that, at that stage. OK, so people forfeit the 25 points and that's, by dropping yeah. down. And when we're talking about stress, I would say, as I said to you, maybe a couple of thousand households now would be having that kind of stress they're um, having these conversations uh, over as, the dinner table. At the moment. And also, too, I think w- what compounds the problem is they've probably been getting maths grinds for the last year or so or longer. And now there's all that potential investment. There's all that nervousness. And they've lost school. I think that's a big thing that we don't get, pay enough attention to nowadays. Two weeks off. Two weeks on their own. And especially nowadays yeah, with why is social that? media. I, I think partly, well, according to me anyway, partly it's to do with, let's say, the pranks they can get out of hand in the last couple of weeks in school. Pranks. So, so, so teachers get two weeks extra holidays because of pranking. Well, I mean, the, the pranking sometimes, like, for instance, I just know in the last couple of days, two schools where a teacher's car was severely egged. If you, I know when I say severely egged, I'm talking about maybe 60 eggs okay. battered all over the car. And in the hot sun, places. they kind of bake uh, into the that, car. That's just that. And I mean, and, and then it can escalate onto other stuff that I... Now, Claire is listening to all of this and she, having been a primary school teacher, is just reliving the nightmare. Absolutely. Of egging the car. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you want to talk to us about the pressure and how to cope with the pressure because it's real. Yes, it is real. And I think that's really the, the key point. It is real. There's nothing made up. So students are experiencing anxiety and parents are experiencing anxiety. There's nothing wrong. This is a normal phenomenon that we've all had to go through for years. And listening to you talk, Brendan, about the maths exam, I could feel my own anxiety levels going up thinking, thank goodness I don't have to do that. But there are lots of people listening who they will and they do have to do it and their parents will be providing them support. So acknowledging that it is a difficult time, Pat, is really important and not expecting people to feel wonderful. This is hard. This is a slog. And then managing that. uh, uh, Two weeks after you've finished and you're off on your holidays, you look back and say, what was that all about? Absolutely. 
Yes. This is great learning experience, though, for future exams, because a lot of people who are doing the Leaving Cert now will be facing into exams in college in the future. So using it as a little bit of um, detective work as well, a learning mechanism can be good. But the difference often being in school, you might have made the effort, you might have got the grinds. In college, you're living with the reality that you didn't do a tap all year. (laughs) Well, well, let's not speak personally. (laughs) Now, Um, um, your, your new book is called Choose Well, the ABC Coping Sentence. What is is the ABC. The ABC is my way of summarising the entire whole lot of principles or the the whole thing, if I can put it that way, of cognitive behavioural therapy. So it's A is acknowledge. I feel I feel upset. So for instance, in this context, for a student heading towards the Leaving Cert, I feel anxious. I feel worried. I feel upset. I feel scared. B is because because I think I might not do well enough, because I think I might not get the place, because I think I'd be better off doing pass mats. Or it doesn't necessarily have to be a thought. It could be because the Leaving Cert is coming. But a lot of the time it actually is a thought. So A, acknowledge, acknowledging our feelings, not denying them, not bottling them up. So if you didn't do a tap, acknowledge the fact that yes, you didn't do a yes, tap. Yes, exactly. I feel... Don't well, travel on hope alone. Well, acknowledge <laughs> the feeling to do with that. So I feel worried. I feel upset because I think I didn't do a tap. But actually, maybe they did. Maybe they took in a lot more than they thought they did. And then C is choose. But I choose to... And Brendan, you mentioned it earlier. I choose to give myself every chance. But I choose to give it a go. But I choose to use my anxiety to help me. And anxiety is really important, Pat, as we know. You know, a lot of top athletes and musicians really rely on their anxiety pre-performance to go in and do well. So I'd be more worried about a student who's 100% laid back, who says, I don't care, it's not important. They really need that extra lift and the surge in adrenaline to go in and do a really good job. How much of the anxiety is contagion from parents, for example? Well, it could be from parents, but it also could be from each other. You know, anxiety really can be contagious. So a student who I think the two weeks away actually could be very, very good because they're away from all of that. They're away from, oh, we only have three more days or two more days or one day if they keep away from it on social media as well. And That's difficult. It is difficult. It is. And if they don't talk themselves up, you know, it's it's something that they're going to do. They're going to get over it. There are very practical tools that they can use to help them with anxiety. So breathing exercise, tightening their non-dominant hand, breathing in, holding their breath two, three and breathing out. And at the same time thinking, I choose to breathe slowly. That's very powerful if they do it three times. If they practice that and then when they go into their exam and they're waiting while the exam papers are being distributed, they can do that exercise. And Brendan, do you think that group prep is any good? You know, the school's no longer open to you. Uh, Get together with a a few of the the pals and study for the exam. I'd be a big fan of that. And even we'll say with something like that, say four or five people together, maybe everybody just pick one thing that they think might come up and we have a little discussion and we have four or five things that we do in a very easy, light way. We're not down to develop a whole new set of maths but just stuff that we know about already and I think that's a key too in this where if you're doing this leave insert in maths in particular and all the other stuff you've been six years in secondary school you know a huge amount of maths that you think you don't know that, you, that no I think that, and that's exactly <laughs> it that and when you, if you can keep the pot stirred and say the likes of myself we do a maths blitz at the end Saturday week for leave insert students and it really is a lovely help it's very popular but it's a great help for people just to do that, just to remind yourself, look, you did maths nonstop. 
you're really good at this stuff. You know loads. And then it's a matter of having the faith and believing in yourself that you can do it. Um, Claire, the, the question of group study is one. Another one just popped up in my text screen. Avoid post-exam post-mortems. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, forget it. It's done. It's gone. Yes, it can be very difficult to do. Some people can get caught into it. And I would think for parents to avoid post-mortem post-exams, yeah. post-mortem. I always remember coming out of maths exams and saying to you, what did you get for <laughs> yeah, number five? Yeah, yes. Yeah. What did yes. you get for number six? Oh, well, time limited. You know, allow sort of 20 minutes to do that and then move on. And then that's it. So get as much of the post-mortem stuff in in those 20 minutes. Right. Uh, the, the main thing is it is an important exam because it does get yes. you the points that yes. uh, might get the course of your uh, desires, yes. but it's not the end of the world. That's a really important point, Pat. And I would encourage parents to remember that too. And for parents to manage their own expectations, their own anxieties, and students will find their own way. So if they don't get the particular course, there's another course or there's an apprenticeship or there's something else that will be right for them and trusting that. All right. A final question. You saw that report about Greystones uh, abandoning mobile phones for all kids uh, in uh, primary level. What do you think? Well, I think society, we're at war with algorithms, whether we know it or not. And I think that's a really great move. And I think if you are at war, then these extreme, and I I don't mean it's extreme, for me it's not extreme, but this whole idea, just ban it. It's just very simple. It's out, they're too young. And Mm. you can see it in in secondary school where they're still too young, but it's taken over their lives and they're spending hours. And you're someone who understands what an algorithm is. (laughs) Claire? I'm all in favour for it, Pat. I think it's wonderful. It's an opportunity for parents to take their power back. We all do things that we enjoy. We keep doing it. And with young children, they find that the phone can be enjoyable, addictive, really, really disturbing in lots and lots of different ways. And we've left them at the moment with an instrument that is available in their hand that is lethal really lethal. So it's for parents to take their own power back and say, well, no, actually, you can have a phone that you can send texts if you need a phone, but none of the internet stuff until you're whatever age. I hugely commend them. I think they're great. Let's see how many towns follow in the footsteps of Greystones in County Wicklow. Uh, Dr. Claire Hayes, consultant, clinical psychologist, lecturer and author of Hope in the Age of Anxiety and Brendan Gilday, a renowned maths teacher, author of the maths book series Less Stress, More Success. Uh, Thank you both very much for joining us. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.